you accept the recording? There we go. Okay, so uh, Barry is about to basically walk us through the way that the brain is embodied and the, the body is embrained. And uh, <laughs> the body is embrained. Yeah. Okay. Never heard that one before, but that's good. The body is embrained. That's that's true. It's very true. In the sense that the body is represented uh, per se in the brain. And as a matter of fact, you know, one of the things that I have fantasized about is that if we had a, uh, a, fine, a fine enough resolution um, instrument to do real time and like a holographic, a holographic functional MRI, you know, if we had something like, I mean, it would take, it would take enormous computational power to do that. But if we could, if we could have a, and I mean, eventually it's probably going to be possible, but to have a holographic of functional MRI that would show uh, our, the, uh, what, what it would show is that we would see our body, actual our body, the parts of our body. We, we would it would it would show a, an image of our three dimensional body in many various different places in the brain simultaneously. Uh, they would be it, there would be um, uh, caricatures because. Uh, the there's differential representation of different body parts, and there's a basic principle in which the more important the body region is, like particularly the fingers and the face, the more neurons there are devoted to it compared to the say the uh, the shin, the leg, the lower leg. Uh, which is a large part of the body, but there are relatively few neurons devoted to it. So if you look at a body map, it looks like a gnome where the, with an enormous, enormous face and enormous fingers, but tiny, tiny legs and, and, and tiny trunk, but big, big hands and, and face and tongue because there are many more neurons devoted to the hands, the tongue, the face than to the, the legs and the torso. So the actual size of the body that we would see in this uh, uh, hypercomputer three-dimensional holograph there would be these gnome-like caricatures of ourselves, but they would be represented in many different regions of the brain simultaneously. And if we could do it in real time, and we did something like, say, uh, jumping jacks, then we would see all our little selves 
in various place, different places, specific places in the brain, not, not anywhere in the brain, but in very, very specific regions of the brain and in different sizes, we would see our gnome-like selves um, doing the jumping jacks in our brain. And this thought experiment, let's pretend we have the magic cap where we have perfect spatial and temporal resolution. We can see every action potential, maybe like even like within it, you could see like the spreading electrochemical activity. I'm not clear the, the granularity, but we have basically, we have the information, all that we want in space and time. And so then we're seeing these homunculi of different kinds uh, by, uh, by the way, for, for people yeah. who, who the, the word homunculus means a little person. And that's what I mean by the gnome, the, the gnome, uh, because it's a caricature. <laughs> gnome? gnome, yeah, okay. the gnome. Uh, it's a caricature of ourselves. And with high enough resolution, uh, we would be able to see ourselves and make a distinct, and we would be able to see ourselves in that image and with high enough resolution uh, that you're talking about, we should be able to see, I should see myself and you should see yourself. But and I should be able to- old, Yeah, but not any old caricature. This, you said it's specifically like distorted oh, or enhanced according to the importance. Right, but it would also be identifiable as you or as me with a high enough resolution. Mm. You know, because our facial features would be in that gnome, oh, in so that homunculus. So some so, of the geometry that actually defines us, like our body shape, and or, or even like the way we like the the the, the the morphological, like the muscular properties of our bodies, would influence the exact caricature we're dealing with. So it'd be like exactly what is the overt shape and what is the effective functional shape. Exactly. And this would exactly. Be, I see. So it's not just that these would actually track in real time the actual movements of the physical body. No, it would. Well, it would actually... I'd say it's not just that, but you're saying this would have identifiable information within it. That's, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, it would be our, we would be a gnome out, you know, this, homo, we, and, and, you know, to use a technical term is the homunculus, which means a little person. Uh, but uh, it's not just a little person. It's a, it's a, caricature of a little person because it's all distorted in terms of a, an enormous hand and, and face and tongue and a tiny torso and legs and feet. I wonder the, how much they the feet vary. Little, what? I wonder how much these vary at what level. So like, well, it varies. Like some it, very, like the spine, you might expect those monkey to be somewhat more similar, but then like, as you move up, could they really start to deviate? Like, could they, how much do we vary in these? Well, uh, that is very, it's variable in very uh, specific ways. It's variable in the sense that a person with an amputated arm or a person born without an, uh, without an arm has a different shape in the brain. A physical because more and more there, there are compensatory responses so the the um, uh, the the, uh, the the actually it would be kind of uh, it would look a little bizarre because uh, for example in the case of uh, uh, as Ramachandran showed in the case of a person uh, a guy with an amputated hand um, the hand 
was the the brain is is plastic to some extent, and and it remodeled the sensory cortex, and now his uh, his the the neurons that used to respond to the hand, of course, they no longer respond to the hand. But however, the uh, since the pathway going up to the up to the cortex to the to the hand neurons in the sensory cortex, by the way, the sensory cortex is over here. Uh, that the the neurons that used to respond to the hand, but since the input is is gone and vacates that area, the face neurons, which are right next to it, um, move over. They 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 sprout, and they can. They then connect to the neurons that used to be in the, uh, that used to represent the hand. So now if uh, the guy taps his face or if his face is tapped, he feels as if his fingers on the gone hand are being tapped. So he has, it's a phantom, it's a phantom limb phenomenon. It's a, it, it, he, he feels the fingers but there are no fingers there because the face neurons or the, 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 the neurons that projected to the face now sprout and not only go to the face, but they also go to the adjacent um, hand neurons because the hand and face are represented next to each to other. To what extent is that adjacency of hand and face experience dependent? Like to what extent is it like a function of early nursing or not nursing early on like thumb sucking? Like, it probably has an effect. It probably does. I, I don't know. Like, like a self-organizing like map. And it's trying to like, um, yeah. like what it, you're talking it, about last it time. Can like adjust. Basically well, that's a good question. Of communication. I, I think. And so if they're like really like the hand and the face are heavily interacting. This right. should be yeah. based well, on the just principle induced adjacency. Are, yeah. Well, it's use or disuse. Because if it's disuse, then the area degenerates. And if it's hyper use, then it gets bigger. I mean, the, look at the, the thalamus one. It actually even looks like an infant. It's like ready to suck its thumb. Yeah. Well, actually, if I can somehow get out of the, oh no. If I can, oops. If I can, how do I, I don't see okay. how to, I'm, I'm trying to escape from, oh, if I, I think, okay, here, let me just point this out. Um, and I can zoom into this. Let me get this out of the way. Zoom I mean, it could this. be like something like here, Hox here genes is, are genetically determining it, but I'm wondering to what extent is like the Hox genes are laying out a body plan, which has like certain affordance properties. Like you will bring your hand close to your face just because of the distance and the joint angles. And so then you have the rooting reflex. And so the infant would be sucking its thumb just automatically. And this is helps to establish like a reliable it, it, it's probably yeah. true because uh it's been done i know it's been done the opposite way of uh, like uh, experiments where they um uh held in hind cut the uh, uh put blinded a kitten in one eye put put a, a an eye patch over the kittens of one eye of the kitten and the corresponding uh visual cortex degenerated because because and this is a very important principle that neural activity sustains other neurons, and without it, it not only not only do they connect with each other through synapses, but the, through those synapses, the activation 
of neuron A by, by the input from neuron B, um, I mean, the activation of neuron B by stimulating neuron A keeps neuron B alive. And if you eliminate neuron A, neuron B dies. It's called Wallerian degeneration. So Wallerian well degeneration in yeah. terms of if your partner by which you're basically creating um, neuronal ensembles or cell assemblies that can resonate or coactivate, if your well, partner the, goes, the, then you're the not getting the stimulation and then you get like apoptosis, like a default cellular death. That's right. With, yeah, it's the other way. The, the degeneration is in the absence of the input, the sub the the neurons that those neuro the, the if you if you block the eye input then you the 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 visual cortex neurons die out and but there's other neurons take their place so it, it would be very interesting to do studies on people who are say uh blind from birth and to see whether other sensory systems expand in their neurons in other neuron um, other neurons uh, are developed to take their place or people it, who are born without limbs. It's interesting but, with the blind example. I know this one study that's showing that it's respond, the V1 ends up responding to Braille. And so then the thing I'm wondering is, is it taking, I want to know more about like the details of those representations and they're like, is it taking on the function of a kind of like somatosensory cortex on like yep. on what level well uh, or no, is it actually interest... more like a broad amodal association cortex almost kind of like we were talking no. about earlier oh, with respect I, to like Broca's area being more at the level of meaning so like I, I, that's an interesting question function like so, at, at what level of abstraction does this get repurposed um that's a very interesting very interesting question i mean it may be something specific to the learning of braille i, I i'd have to see that study I, which I'm is not also familiar. spatial but I mean, the point is, what if would would um, tapping a finger, just giving just tapping a finger, which we know activates the finger area of the sense here, I, I wanted to show this this um, image before um, that the, here's the this is the sensory cortex, you see the body map This is by uh, Penfield and Rasmussen. Uh, here's the sensory cortex. Here, this is the a cross section through the cortex. Here, the here are the different. Um, this is the, the neurons of the sensory cortex, um, and he, this is where the the uh, the face is represented. Neurons res responding to different parts of the face. Here, next to it, are the neurons that respond to different uh, fingers. That's how specific yeah. it is. And look at this. It's, and and then here is the here's the the upper arm but you, interestingly you're you're on like i'm looking at the motor and the sensory and they're like yeah. largely corresponding. oh that's the motor it's the same thing same, the thing, same thing but there's like a, a slight difference and i'm wondering like <laughs> there's like, a slight difference i'm wondering the, like you know like you'd expect like it couldn't be exactly the same obviously but i'd like to well, a little bit know more about like why is it specifically different in different areas well for one thing the major difference there is a major difference that something is there in the sensory cortex but gone but but not in the motor cortex it's a difference that makes a difference i'm imagining it's the difference that makes a difference and it's right here it's right here not shown very close very clearly in this picture but this is the genitals right there right next to the foot right right next to the foot are the genitals and 
that's in the sensory cortex. Thank you for pointing that out. It's sensory, but not in the motor cortex because not in the motor cortex, which would be right. Here's the foot. So obviously there's no motor control of the, of the genitals. Or so, limited, I guess. Well, no, there's no muscular activity of the genitals. Uh, so I guess no I'm mus- wondering like muscles around like the pelvic floor. Those could well, be that's different. That's, that's different. different. But- here's the, here's the, here's where the pelvic floor is. Because oh, wait, so that's way up there, actually. That's the pelvis. That's right. Because here's the foot and then the, the calf and then the upper and then the thigh. You see, it's systematic. That's what I mean. It's coherent. That's what makes it a map. That exactly. That's exactly the point. You think that the, the perineum, the, the you think that the the penis and the clitoris should be right next to the the um, uh, the groin. But in fact, they're not. That's a really important exception because they're f- physically they are in, they're they're not part <laughs> they're they're related to this part they're, they're they're part of this part the pelvis and not and the genitals are something specific. I wonder like the extent to which that would change if like we had degrees of sensitivity changing at different points in development so like they're almost like a like the the freudian like latency period but like just the idea though of like until like you get like engorgement and like turgidity and like stronger conduction from the genitals they're kind of a little they're they're still like a very sensitive system but they're like not as powerfully um in training or not as central as they're going to be but i guess what i'm wondering is is how to show up differently if at different ages you had different sensitivities or kinds of simulation in terms of like the order of arrival so like with like rats i believe like um jim uh told me once that like you need like this anogenital looking of like the dam for the pup just to like kind of like have the nervous system wire up for it to like bootstrap itself into being like a healthy rodent and if it doesn't get this that's right so like what happens if like but what is the what do the body maps look like to what degree is that because you get misconfigured body maps or to what degree is this creating like a uh, like a, a kind of nucleation of stability and salience that like gets like a feedback cycle with the body. Like, so it's like, what, I, I can think of it like ecologically, like, okay, you want the, 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 the they smell, they have to get their, their they have to get this all, um, they're communicating with each other, the, the dam and the pup, but like, I'm wondering like mechanistically, what well, exactly a very interesting, is doing it? It's a very interesting theoretical question uh, about what happens if, if the, uh, if the pups, if the mother, if the mother fails to lick the pups perineum, what happens to their representation representation of the of the of the genitals and the and the and the rectum? But the problem is that if she doesn't lick them, they die. So you wouldn't be able to do the uh, the follow up study. Um, but th- so really, I mean, that's how important it is. In, I just to, I didn't know they uh, died. That's, an, that's yeah, more than if, I thought. If, if yes, no, no, they, they. I mean, let me just uh, sort of elaborate on what you. I just thought we said. just had a rodent model of autism. I didn't realize like they don't live. Oh that's yes, different. it that is the the uh, the the urinary and defecatory uh, reflexes in uh, rodents, guinea pigs, rats. They don't, nor they don't develop on their own the reflexes of emptying the the bladder and emptying the rectum. They don't develop on their own. They but in uh, for the for over the first few days, five days, 
the mother licks that region, the mother rat licks that, or, or guinea pig, they licks the region and that stimulates their reflex to uh, urinate or defecate. And she actually um, ingests both the urine and the feces. And she was uh, demonstrated that she actually gets nutrition from that. She gets fluids because she's lactating. She gets fluids and also nutrients from the, from the urine and the feces uh, that, that is released. I wonder if there's like an amig uh, immunological commingling confusion my, that actually it, helps her to see the pup maybe as part uh, of self rather than other. Well, you know, that's a question of whether the a genetic, an epigenetic effect can influence, uh, if there's an epigenetic effect there that influences her behavior toward the pups. I, you know, that's a, that's an empirical question. I don't think anybody's ever studied that. It's an interesting question. Like but without, yeah. with, without that stimulation that the mother gives to the pups, they die. That's how critical it is. And, but, but if she does it for about five days, and then, then they start doing, then they, the, reflex, the reflexes um, develop and they become autonomous. And they, so the, the, uh, the pups can take care of themselves. They, they urinate and defecate on their own. They don't need the, um, the licking by the mother. But this would be more like at the level of like spinal pattern generators, getting those right. coordinated. Right. And, but this will then like percolate into higher level body. Mass. Of course, of course. But the sensation like, goes but both the ways. Survival is basically natural selection assumed at the level of, um, at, you know, at, it, it just it's assumed so much that this is like just even to get the low level reflexes to work. This has to be there. I, right. I wonder the extent to which that's potentially like a mechanism for concentrating resources on winning offspring. So it's like the runt of the litter or something like this, whoever gets neglected, the, they all share genes, but you don't want, unfortunately, like I love the runts the most, but you don't want them to survive <laughs> because they're not winning bets. You want to concentrate on the winners. And so it's like a, yeah. like a post-birth gametes, it's a post-birth selection. It, they, they, if they're too weak to get to the nipple, they don't get uh, nutrition to begin with. Yeah, because uh, you know, some beautiful and harsh. There's that's right. I mean, there, there's competition with a, with a large with a large litter of uh, 12, 12 pups. You know, there's it's a lot. They, they and they start growing. Uh, the weaker ones don't get don't get they they literally get pushed out. They don't get to the nipple, and they 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 don't survive. Yeah, so I mean, there are all kinds of uh, selection mechanisms like that. So anyway, if I just just to to finish up this thing, this is why. So when 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 the person's hand was amputated, the the neurons coming up from uh, down below, projecting to the face, sprout, and they 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 active they 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 uh, connect they connect with synapses to what the neurons that used to respond to the hand. So now when the guy's tap, face was tapped, he felt like his hand was being stimulated. Individual fingers were being stimulated. There was even a, a new map on the face that it, depending on what part of the face uh, was tapped, he could. it felt like his thumb was being tapped or his uh, pinky was being tapped all after 
that hand was amputated. So it was all phantom, but uh, that, but it was a even a systematic rearrangement, which means that there's a very systematic, uh, th there's tremendous systematic patterning in, in the nervous system. I got a crazy idea. Um, so. To what extent does the motor and the sensory, are they um, electrically coupled to enhance their coordination? So if they're actually having by and large this like common patterning and this common adjacency, to what extent do the electric, the evoked electrical fields, the population activity, allow them to coordinate better? Like, do they across like the central sulcus? Like, can they? Well, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's if it's necessarily if electric. I don't know if it's necessarily electric, but it's certainly synaptic. It, it, based on the principle you're describing of economy and distance, I think That's we have right. a sufficient and, we have a sufficient explanation that we don't need to like invoke the electrical idea. But I'm wondering, though, yeah, well, could it be, though, also electric? It, uh, like gross motion on the side of motor helps the coordinate. Yeah, yeah like, no, it, yeah. It, it, it might be something. I've, in fact, I've, I've proposed that, that uh, there's a, a like, like uh, 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 that it's just like fish producing turbulence in the water in an aquarium um, that the electrical activity which is movement of ions because the the all the neurons are, are immersed in an ionic soup and so when they fire when they when they have action potentials they perturb the water the 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 soup around them the ionic soup around them and that can spread and because other neurons respond to the uh, to the movement it's actually uh, the yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if it's particularly powerful at the level of the homunculi or the body maps because they're going to be so coherent in their activity. That's right. Because yeah. they actually have a body. <laughs> like, because like, it's not like an abstraction or like a... Like, yeah. Like at that level, like the, I don't know if you ever get that much coherent synchronous activity as you would from like body motions. So I'm wondering if those are well, particularly likely to involve the electrical coupling. There is, there is a principle of related systems being physically close to each other. That's a definite pattern. I mean, uh, you mentioned, you know, here, uh, here in the case of the of the sensory and motor cortex, they're they're very very closely closely aligned. So I mean, this is this is just one half of the brain. It's it's really you know it's same thing as mirror image on the other side, and same thing with the uh, the sensory. So really, the uh, they're lined up right in the the motor system is lined up right in front of the sensory system. The motor map. The motor homunculus is lined up exactly in front of the of the sensory, and that you can't get much closer than that. And that is um, um, and through the corpus callosum, or the, through the, through the, uh, the 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 connection between the sensory and the motor cortex. I mean, it's a direct a direct connection, and that's um, that's the basis for you know a very close correlation between. Uh, it makes it very efficient. Because this, there's there's a question of speed of transmission through the brain, and the faster the transmission, the more efficient the transmission. So it's it's adaptive to have the sensory input and the motor output right next to each other. It seems like we have like a sufficient explanation for intense coordination based on the principle you just described, and so like it, it like. It, I don't know if much would change whether or not there actually is this electrical field mediated enhancement of coherent activity because well, it, it seems it. like you could get it 
just from the, the distance principle, just the, the speed the, of conduction. There's a term for it. And, and it's been demonstrated that it's true. Um, the role of, it's called, you know, as opposed to synaptic transmission, which is the transmission from neuron A to neuron B through the synapse. The synapse is the connection between neuron A and neuron B. And that's how they, A talks to B. Uh, and uh, it's actually a one-way one way street because B doesn't talk to A, A talks to B. And that's across the synapse. But uh, there's uh, also a process called, and that's called synaptic transmission. There's also a process called efaptic transmission. Efaptic means that it's outside the synapse. It's, it's communication between adjacent neurons. So you have a, 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 you have a, a cable of neurons there is so the neuron uh, neuron C is next to let's say A goes to B across the synapse, but neuron C is adjacent to neuron A, but not directly connected to. Uh, it's not synaptically connected. C is not synaptically connected to A. They're parallel. The par pa parallel pathways in the cable, but when A is active, it sends out the kind of in a way it's electrical signals because it's moving charge moving ions because the whole the whole action potential mechanism is um uh, in and out movement of of charged particles through the membrane perpendicular to the membrane in so what and you're out. describing is um a, 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 so it is electric electrical coupling but it, it is via the ionic soup Exactly. And, so that, that, exactly. Um, and that's called effaptic and, and so transmission. Know, and so effaptic coupling is well established. I wonder if it has the broader like population level, um, like local field potentials. Exactly. Would that, yeah, yeah. But, but would that also, is that also capable of creating like a, a an entraining field? Well, like a, I'm glad you asked me that question because that's my, that's my hypothesis about, uh, production of consciousness because uh i mean i don't want to get into that but i mean i just published a paper oh we uh, will though <laughs> well okay i published we don't have a to do today but we will okay i published a paper with uh my student heba raman um on exactly that process uh, the idea is that um the uh i, I try i was the, the reason for coming up with that idea of a of the a, 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 an overall electrical field like the movement of water the, like the turbulence of water in an aquarium produced by the swimming fish that the turb that the the swimming movements of the fish are extraordinarily complex the turbulence you you look at the top the surface of the water and you see the waves you see a, a pattern of a, a wave pattern the you know, undulating water on the surface that represent that is a precise representation based on physics it's a precise it's a kind of holographic principle well it's more than a holographic principle because it's while it's a precise uh, product of this very complex swimming movements of the fish 
when you look at it, it's a it, it's a much simpler output. So it's a it's, dimensionality reduction. It's it's a, a it's a different level of it's uh -huh. right. It's a different dimension of representation, and my idea. Like is it's higher that, level harmonics among it's those a high, like, oh, that's flow. a beautiful way of putting it. A higher level harmonic projected onto this, like reduced to like if you were able to see at the surface, like a harmonic principle, like in uh, physics, like the information from a black hole being like represented on it's like a it's event horizon, it's like a 2D surface, but everything within okay. there, the idea is it's like there, but the idea or like the way like, we see a movie and the movie there's like a 2D frame, but the 2D is we unpack that as like a 3D world. It looks and, like, yeah, it's it's the and, illusion of a 3D world. And so here you're looking at this like this set of like waves on this reduced dimensionality surface, but underneath it, you have basically all the swirling uh, chaos. Exactly. So chaos. He, he, here's the reason I, I, I came to this real, this, this idea, this concept of, of the, the, the moving ionic soup field this, the electrical field that is represented by the perturbed ionic field is is like my the analogy is with the 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 ion the movement of the ionic soup creating this electric field is equivalent to the water in the aquarium the and the neurons in the brain are equivalent to the fish in the aquarium so, because we have a hundred billion neurons in the brain, and there's an estimate that many of the neurons have a thousand inputs. Each neuron has a thousand inputs. Laurenti de Noa, Rockefeller pr proposed that a thousand inputs to a neuron. That means that there are trillions of synapses. And so this, this is an enormous computational uh, pr process. Enormous, you know, it's unfat, it's, it's, unfathomable it's we can't comprehend the complexity of of this activity super astronomical combination super astronomical complexity talk about trillions of act of 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 uh, action potentials in in a hundred billion uh, synapses so we need we need the fish to school we need, we, we, we need the fish to school but we need to understand we need to have a simplification of that so the 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 water on the sur on the top surface of the, the 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 surface of the water is the simplification, because a baby trying to walk is has to, it has to be simple. It has to be the brain activity. These trillions of neuronal of synapse activity. This trillions of of cells all active at the same time. This this super complex computation has to be easy enough for a baby to use. So both informationally, but also for establishing coherent force vectors at the effector systems. So it's like you yeah. need, you're going to need That's basically right. this agreement among like, so these, these, these fish could all go their own way and actually more than the atom, many, many more than atoms in the universe, like numbers of combinations. That's but right. we need them to coordinate both for the sake of knowing what's going on, to have a read on everything, but also for the sake of like shaping what's going exactly. on. Now that, that, what you just said is crucial to the idea of consciousness. I'll tell you why, because, and that's what I think the clue to where consciousness 
is in the brain is that for the very same reason that you just said, it's very close to the motor output because the motor output is the simplification. The motor output is the, is the, 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 the undulation of the waves on the surface, on the top of the, on the, top of the uh, water in the aquarium. That's the motor output because the motor output has to be very simple. You know, one step and then the next step. It has to be simple, but it has to be the consequence of this enormous complexity. So we have to understand, we have to be close to our motor output. So, a have, question about so that. the consciousness, our understanding, our awareness has to be close to the simple, the, the relative simplicity of the motor output. And that's why I think that consciousness has to be somewhere close to the whatever controls the motor output. So question about that. So or a few questions. Uh, and, and also before I forget, later, I want to talk to you about like the, the ratunculus and like what the, the homunculus of a, of a rodent oh, might be like and how sure. that, like if you have a snout. That's a very it. there's but, a there's but, a map of that. I can show you that. I can get the map of different later. animals. Before of I different animals. Yeah. I can do oh. it of different animals. Okay. Well, and the let's snout. See, let's see the that snout. Now, uh, here's, here, here's a, 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 a I, I derailed us. God. Okay, no, go no. A capsule, a capsule idea is that in the rat, the, the face is enormous relative to the rest of the body. The, the paws are these little dots relative to the face. The, the whiskers, the snout uh, is but in a cat, while the face, the, the, the snout is very large, the paws are very large. They're enormous. Or in the, in, in the, the rat or the rabbit, the paws are very small compared to the face. The, 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 the systems of maximal affordance of maximally powerful control and sensitivity. Precise, precision. And the body world of the and, animal. And the precision. It's the idea of precision because the better, the more neurons there are, the more resolution and the finer the movements. And so, so you're going to have predator, some scaling of the maps and some scaling of basically the lived body, the consciousness of the body for the sake of basically being a controller for uh, regulating these action perception cycles and coupling with the world. You're yeah. going to want the rep, the maps to be changed, and some of these maps right. would actually be would be the physical and computational realizers of consciousness as a lived oh, body. Okay, would that be the and 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 if you look at a if you look at the map in the brain, you can you can know a lot about the lifestyle of the organism of the animal. Question. You can tell a predator versus a prey animal based on just looking at the. It's the ratunculus or the catunculus or the or the homunculus question is it the case that for instance you're talking about like the proximity to the motor but i, I believe if i'm remembering correctly that um it's actually like not frontal as much but posterior cortices or other posterior cortices have more of a driving role in action like parietal cortex in like um a rodent it, it is in all animals but 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 and like, it, it, it used to be more the case that the posterior lobes, like like inferior parietal lobule, I don't know if, what that being a rodent, but like the idea of like 
that would have more of like a driving effect on spinal motor pools. I believe I, I might've read this recently. The reason I'm, I'm getting into that is um, so like, and some of the like suggestions I've been having that are along the lines, I think of what you're saying is that um, I'm wondering whether um, you have these like dual low dimensional uh, uh, schooling fish descriptions or population levels, one frontal and one posterior. So like, uh, like, like, and so like in a human, I'm wondering if like inferior parietal um, uh, cortices might actually uh, be this, this, this substrate of consciousness in the body, but then you're getting like, maybe just on top of that, another like coupling with it frontally, these other attractors, which can do the job you're talking about. But I'm wondering if they're actually not the conscious ones, but it's actually the parietal but I'm wondering though also whether this, these parietal ones, as we kind of go um, to our, our relatives uh, that might, might look more like the, the, the core mammal from which we all evolved, whether for them, the parietal is actually more motor than it is in us. Like our parietal cortices more motor in a rodent versus a primate. That's, that's the question. But, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know if that's been, I, I don't know of any study like that. Um, damn. I, I understand what you're saying, but you know, there's so much we don't know. I, you know, I, I, there's so much I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's known. You know, I, 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 I tell my students that, uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've been raised on the, on the brainstem functions, you know, motivation, sex behavior, things like that. Um, and, uh, but I've been dragged kicking and screaming into the cortex, uh, not, you know, because it's become inevitable that I have to get into it. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm still learning a lot. There is known about the, uh, uh, the cortex. So, you know, I think maybe somebody else would be a good, a better person, persons, you know, specializing in cortical function. Well, we should talk uh, about that later. There's some computational models of cortex that I think yeah. work well with. Um, I think they work well with everything you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I've been I'd working on those recently. So yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, that that would be a, a a great topic to get into. Maybe next time, because yeah, I, uh, I can prepare a little bit on that. Yeah. Yeah, because I I that's something that's uh, beyond me. You know, so I, I I'd like I, to I'd like to learn that. I basically you. like a lot of it. Um, the models are kind of going back to um, Mount Castle, and. Um, this idea of it has some relation to like with machine learning and trying to think of the idea of like a common although different but a common layer columnar architecture of cortex suggesting potentially a common principle of like uh, a, a common algorithm that's being deployed differently in this like hierarchy um so but um i think in the mindful brain with um this was talked about with, with um edelman and mountcastle and edelman actually kind of looping around was describing like a principle of neural Darwinism, I think in that same collection, uh, this idea of like the neurons have to take, be taken up into coherently functioning cell assemblies to release the neurotropic growth factors to just survive, to pre prevent like the pre-programmed cellular, cellular death that they'll just be withered away. But the idea is like, you start with this like mass of complexity uh, and you then like pick out like only those that could get taken up Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a that's a that's a general principle of uh, ontogeny 
on the development of the nervous system. Yeah, you're that, describing that, that earlier. You, you start out with many more connections. Uh, that uh, many more. You, you start out with a lot of potential connections, and then they get winnowed away. And and uh, there's apoptosis. Uh, that, that certain pa- that means uh, cell death. Yeah. It, it so well cell death. I don't know if it's suicide. They they just uh, they're I, I not. I think of it like a like a samurai doing harikari. It's like a noble like doing it. Well, like, but I know, will clean up after myself nicely. Like well, the the cleanup comes after they start dying, but they start dying because they don't get input. But it's better than necrosis, though. Right. It's yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, uh, a, a normal process of of uh, uh, of uh, differentiation of function that it starts out in many cases starts out general with many uh, many potential connections and then the uh, the the uh, less uh, utilized connections start dying out because they don't have the the um, the input. And that's that's a normal it's a normal process in uh, in development of the embryo and, and into body the, maps will survive. And, and, body your, map. and your ability to couple with body maps will probably be pretty darn important for your ability to survive. It's like right. everything should probably be structured by these body maps. It's like right. So it's probably movement is probably important everything for the for the development of the nervous system. Because the all movement, the circuits to be sculpted this way, like yeah, because as as the as the organism starts to move, it generates proprioceptive input, you know, sensory input by its own movement, because there's a sensation of of the of the muscles contracting and the sensation of the body moving in space and and all that. Um, uh, so all that kinds of sensation of movement shapes the the. Uh, it keeps survival of particular uh, particular pathways, and that's so. If the if the body is moving in various ways, then that shapes the uh, the the development of the body maps. Yeah, uh, that, I mean that's that's for sure. And you're gonna have the strongest like uh, schools of fish, the strongest population activity there. It's like so if you can't find a way of getting in like. Of coupling with that, of of, of aligning yourself, yeah. with those regimes, I, it seems you're going to be just like broken apart by chaos. Like this yeah. will entrain everything else. Yeah, like, you need to you need to have the motor system uh, related uh, uh, adaptively to the sensory input, and vice versa. Yeah, so you need you need the the communication between the um, the motor and the sensory system, and and the the more the faster and more efficient it is, I and mean, the, the the closer the systems are to each other, uh, the faster and more efficient are those connections, and the stronger they can become. Because if if it's if they're remote, then you lose that you know probably neurons in between, or there's time because it, it takes time for one neuron for information for, uh, from one neuron to travel. To the next neuron. For example, you know, here in this map, in, in, in the map, we're talking about the finger, um, and it, look at that. It's it's one it's one neuron from the finger into the spinal cord. The same neuron travels all the way up the spinal cord, and syn- and the first 
connection to the next neuron is in the medulla at the, the very base of the brain. So the, it, it goes all the way from the finger all the way up to the base of the brain. That's one neuron. It, it, it can be, you know, in, in, it could be three feet long. Why is it but crossing? If, and it, well, it crosses off. It, it doesn't cross yet. It crosses after it gets to the medulla. This is in the touch system. But you, you just keep with that same, you know, there, we all, all the vertebrates have the same body plan. So that means that uh, the same thing happens for the toe. So in the case of a basketball player, seven foot tall basketball player, a, a, a neuron not from the finger, but from the toe goes uh, up the leg into the spinal cord, up the spinal cord, and then synapses in the brain. That, that neuron could be six feet long, one cell. One cell could be six feet long. And uh, to, to really get to the limit of that, think of a whale with a, a, a sensory neuron in the tail. Mm. The, 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 the whale is 50 feet long. That one neuron. What's the diameter of that thing? Oh, I don't know in the, in the case of the whale what the diameter is, but it's one neuron 50 feet long. One cell 50 feet long. Because it's the same formula. It's the same, this, this formula is the same throughout all the vertebrates. This formula of where it's, it takes three neurons to get to the sensory cortex. It's a good thing we're made of jelly. Otherwise, I'd be really worried, worried about that breaking. Right. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a person who's 100 years old uh, and, the, and the cable connection from, from the body with, uh, going through all the, rot all the head rotation, head and neck rotation that, and jumping and falling and and all the movements that have been going on for a hundred years what what tech what human technology can we depend on for a hundred years i mean we can't even depend on a on a damn tunnel or a bridge for a hundred years but this but thing, think we're bending about, it we're stretching it think, think yeah. bending and stretching and and flexing it and it's it survives for a hundred years and functions perfectly well so it's really it's amazing how do you think the body maps would be different? Like we were talking before about like, for instance, like people who like maybe hunt together or like kind of like, and like are more like rhythmic ancestors who like would be more engaged in physical activity and physical activity together of a, of a mutually entraining variety. Um, like to what degree, how, how weird are we relative to where we came from? Like, what, how would these body maps differently? Their ability just to be organized from within or to like couple without, like, are we all kind of, I don't know, like, I don't know if we, we, you'd call it like autistic or schizophrenic, but like relative to like our ancestors, like are our body maps just much less coherent? And is our ability, does having a coherent body map actually help you to come into like mutual entrainment with someone else, but act, that actually helps you to have more coherent body maps? like. I, I, just, I guess I'm wondering is how broken are we as a species? <laughs> or, but well, it could be a good I, thing. I, like maybe know, like it's freed us up to become like more like, you know, abstract in our cognition. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's a question of being broken. It's a question of uh, how well do we adapt to whatever environment we're confronted with? Because that's the same thing for all animals, all organisms. Uh, you know, the question is uh, not that they're broken, but I mean, 
you know, if 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 the environment changes, then you could say, like, you know, now with uh, uh, with with um, uh, climate uh, climate change and 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 global warming, um, we we're not we're not well enough adapted. I mean, a lot of the people now living are not well adapted uh say people in in um alaska or in the eskimos in the arctic circle are not well adapted to temperatures of 120 degrees fahrenheit and so, same thing with polar bears mm. they were well adapted before now Maybe if if say if there uh, if there's too much fur if 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 po some polar bears have too much fur which was great when it was cold now they can't dis dissipate the heat and they they don't survive. It's trade offs and it's working relative to so, what context. So exactly, like, like what is adapted exactly. and what niche are what, you? Yeah. So if we become if we become <clears throat> like with uh, Zoom. And computers, we we, uh, we don't get up and have person face to face meetings, and we just sit and we sit in front of our computer. Then uh, maybe our maybe uh, our thumbs and our fingers will become maybe maybe the representation of our sensory motor cortex um, for the fingers. Uh, people who uh, I, I I mean. It's it's a question of it's all kinds of different adaptation. How well are you adapted to whatever the situation is, and over over many years because it takes you know it takes. I mean, I, it takes time. I, I, I so, can't disagree with what you're saying, but I still can't help but feeling like you talking about like, for instance, like you and your partner like doing the experiment and your and your heart's beating as one. Our ability to become like confused and to like become in sync with each other in these ways, like I, I do wonder like these is, is like helping us to have like basically empathy and like feelings of, of just like health in the body. Well, yeah. I mean, I, but, I, I, I'm wondering like, like, like a zoom species, maybe it's different adaptations, uh, okay. but I'm wondering if those are not like, we'll lose like a, a zoom humanity is not a humanity we want. Well, I, I'll tell you, here's, here's an example. Here's a, here's an example of Darwinian selection at work. I, I really think this is, I mean, even more dramatic than what you're talking about, a Zoom, Zoom society, which I'm thinking of a computer, uh, a computer image, I mean, with a laptop and computer image that people are getting so uh, used, they pay so much more attention to a two-dimensional world on the computer screens that they become worse drivers of cars because they don't have the time distance relationships so i i have noticed that over the years and this is over you know only over a few decades that uh over the years drivers have many more drivers are making a mistake of come if if i'm going along the main street and some and somebody's coming in on a side street driving in on a side street they're much more likely now than say 10 or 20 years ago to cut out in front of right in front of me so that I have to slam on my brakes. And I'm sure there are fatalities based on that kind of lack of appreciation of time and distance. It may not may it may not just be 
that they're being rude and they think they can make it because they have more powerful cars and they can zoom out in front of me. Uh, but the fact that let's say if if I'm not adapted to that and I'm I'm slower at uh, slower on the um, uh, uh, slower on the draw, then they zoom out in front of me and I T-bone them and kill them. Someone dies. Yeah. Somebody dies. I'm, I'm going to take because this. I'm somebody take dies this because they've been they they've been spending too much time in a two dimensional computer uh, monitor, and don't they haven't been throwing they haven't been throwing footballs and and playing catch and and running and playing tag and they ha- they don't have and looking the, into each other's three dimensional experience and mirroring with each other in real time in a rich way, but rather like just staring at a screen, like, right. I'm going to take this a little further. I'm wondering the extent to which some of what's happened in recent decades in terms of like ideologies becoming more virulent and people, um, I don't know if they've, I mean, they've always been, but I'm wondering if like the kind of generalization of this in terms of uh, we just, we're out of sync with each other more generally and yeah. we're not actually fully I, real to each other. And so abstractions I, I think that's can be very more true. real than people. And I, I'm, I'm wondering if basically, uh, all sorts of basically failures of coordination, failures of empathy, because yeah, you don't I, actually feel people yeah. as real to you. I think I think that the consequence, a it's consequence for some really bad accidents. I feel a, 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 con- a consequence. I think is a lack of empathy, um, based on lack of uh, physical interaction leading to a lack of empathy and that could have uh, fatal consequences of you know uh, helping helping somebody in distress or ignoring them i think that's a, a, a you know I, I mean just think of uh you know a uh, hundred years ago of of uh, people not moving people living in this growing up living marrying and dying in the same 10 block area and as opposed to now where, you know, you get jobs in all different parts of the country, all different parts of the world, people don't grow, they, people don't tend to live where they grew up. They, they live someplace else. And that could have all kinds of consequences about empathy and, and whole social interaction. And that could really have eff- effects on, on how we interact with, with different individuals. Um, you know, I mean, in some ways it could be hybrid vigor improving you know uh, being more adaptive in other ways it could be less adaptive so, so like, like you know, spiritual ligers it yeah and you know all these different factors it's really hard maybe to, sometimes uh, but i do wonder like what you're just saying like to grow up where you truly grew up together and you know them and they know you like you it might be really hard to like lie to people in those circumstances it would be like there's almost yeah. like a, a mechanical trust like Right, you, you're yeah. forced yeah. to be trusting and trustworthy. Yeah, because you're just not right. getting away with things. That's right. Yeah, it has all those kinds of crazy implications. But, but and those could really have could adaptive. Liker. Those could really have evolutionary uh, significance. Yeah, I, I wonder if like some like you know changing know, human nature. Some like some like spiritual leaders like are these like like ligers where it's like because of this challenge they ended up going like even deeper into like, what are the conditions where like, you could have like, you know, me and you, I and thou, like we are present to each other. We are showing up uh, like humans together for real. Um, I'm wondering, yeah. So like 
you do get sometimes maybe like exceptional humanity from it. Uh, I'm just not seeing it by and large, but maybe that's just my own like negative point of view. Well, but I think it's 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 uh, uh, it's uh, appropriately cynical. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, I, I hate to bring this up, but it's eleven thirteen. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> next time we have a lot to get into um, ratunculi, uh, your models of consciousness, and more. Okay, so. ratunculi, um, monomunculi, mon monounculi, rabbitunculi. Um, yeah, well, different I'm, kinds of uncle I. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, me too. It's good to see you, Barry. Good to see you, Adam. Uh, have a good weekend and a good rest of the week. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye.